My name is Timothy Dick. I'm the founder of Voipo. And if you want to learn how to define your own idea of success and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. Today I have an interview with Timothy Dick, and this was the second interview as part of the PodMax event that I attended back in May. This was a fantastic interview. I had so much fun talking to Timothy. He's a serial entrepreneur that runs multiple seven-figure businesses and has been featured on the Inc. 5000 list for three different companies. He is the founder of Voipo, which provides television phone and messaging services to consumers and businesses throughout North America and Profit Layer, which is a boutique consulting firm with a digital agency arm that is focused on managing large companies on a major ad platform with major focus on ROI, attribution, big data, and finding the right combination of marketing channels to layer together and achieve the best results. Tim has a vast background in SAAS and was one of the first executives at HostGator in its early days. HostGator grew to host millions of websites with hundreds of employees before Tim transitioned focus to Voipo. He is also an active angel investor and consults for multiple investment firms on MA startups and strategy. He was born and raised in rural West Virginia and son of a coal miner and was the first generation entrepreneur. He is passionate about small business, resourcefulness, marketing, and personal development. We had so much fun talking about being born into this entrepreneur life. You know, you hear so many people say, I was born to be an entrepreneur or you have to be born with this in your DNA. And growing up as a first generation entrepreneur, we talked about what success means to Timothy, we talked about failure and success and what he's learned through growing these multiple businesses. And I am really looking forward to you being able to hear this interview. Really quickly, before we jump into this, this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Define Your Life Mastermind. If you or someone you know has ever said the words, I'll be happy when, I just need to keep, insert whatever you think is going to make you happy here, losing weight, working hard, building my career, and then I'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything you're supposed to do, yet life isn't turning out the way you expected. If it seems like something is missing despite others telling you how successful you are, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is what does success mean to you? And as I've explored this topic on my podcast and with my coaching clients, it's become clear that most people don't ask and answer this question enough. The Define Your Life Mastermind is designed to help you get clear on what success means, what a well-rounded life looks like, and what your best life feels like. Once you know that, you can build a business that fits into the life 
that you want and surround yourself with people who give you the courage to step out of your comfort zone to live this vision. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know needs in their life, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com for more information and to schedule a call to see if we're a good fit to work together. I'm super excited to connect with you and help you reach your goals. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Timothy. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to dig into your story because I think for so many entrepreneurs that are out there um, that are listening to this show that are either starting their entrepreneurial journey or are kind of stuck in that nine to five trying to figure out whether entrepreneurialism is the right path for them. You have such a successful business background that I think you're going to have so much amazing insight. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. What I'd like to do is kind of start by going back a little bit and what it was like for you growing up. Like, where are you from and what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Okay. Yeah, that's a really, uh, really kind of interesting because uh, I um, was born and raised in rural West Virginia. Um, My uh, dad uh, was, he, he was a coal miner. He's retired coal miner now. Um, That was really what uh, had been, you know, the fam in my family for generations, you know, in that area, you know, everyone uh, typically was a, a coal miner, worked in a sawmill, something like that. No one in my family was really entrepreneurial, but from a very young age, I just felt different and like there had to be more. I had great parents, uh, great childhood, uh, you know, they did the best that they could to, you know, provide everything they could. But, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, they didn't make a lot of money. We had what we needed, not, not a lot more. What really happened is from that young age, you know, I I got on the internet and just started seeing all these possibilities out there. My parents were to kind of protect me. uh, I think they were very uh, cautious with setting expectations, you know, so they're like, you know, you might want to do all this stuff, but, you know, no one in our families really went to college or no one's really done anything else. So, you know, you're, you're probably going to be a coal miner or something. And I, I just was like, just, it was kind of like a, uh, I guess you would say that was my rebellion, you know, against it, you know, because it was like, I was trying to my motivation originally, you know, when I started uh, pursuing business was just like to prove that I could do something more. Yeah. yeah and I... so it's kind of like with the purpose, you know, it's like, I think a lot of people fall into just doing whatever, uh, you know, whatever maybe their, their parents want them to do or their family wants them to do or what's normal, you know, for them. Yeah. And I, I love that you mentioned that. And one of the, one of the biggest things is um, I hear people say so many times that they um, were kind of born with this entrepreneurial spirit, or they come from a family of entrepreneurs and it kind of leads this mentality that entrepreneurs are born, not made. And so that's what I love about what you just said so much is like, entrepreneurialism is a choice. It's something that you decide to do and you learn the skills to go do it. It's not like, I mean, we all have different 
we all have different things that we're good at, but it's not like, you know, this person's meant to be an entrepreneur. This one's not like it takes hard work either way and choices. And I love that your background and your history really um, emphasizes that. Yeah. And I think that I started very young because being in a, a small town, small school, small area and feeling that pull to do something more, there wasn't really a lot else to do there. So I uh, basically just, you know, got on the internet. This would have been late 90s, early 2000s. I was fortunate that the schools that I went to, the public schools were very small. You know, in the high school, I think we had less than 200 total, something like that. So obviously there were not a lot of advanced classes or anything uh, available. So my teachers were generally, I, I was always kind of the teacher's pet or something like that because... I would just finish my work very quickly. It, it was just very easy for me. And then most of them, you know, I they knew, you know, I was like the quintessential, you know, perfect, well-behaved kid. So they would let me go play. You know, it's like finish your work and you can go on, use the computer while everyone else is still finishing until the finish time. And that carried all the way from, you know, elementary into middle school and even in high school. And I just started researching. I don't know, you know, what could happen, but I mean, there seems to be a lot of, uh, a lot of resources to learn online. And I just figured it out. You know, one of my biggest principles is, uh, that I think has served me well in everything. And I think everyone should, should kind of look at is like resourcefulness and how resourceful you are. Because ultimately in a lot of situations, you know, it's, if you take, if you take stock of all the different resources that you have available, even if they, resources don't necessarily have to be like money or, uh, you know, tools or exposure. It's like, it resources could be anything. And if you are resourceful enough, you can figure out a way to modify and make things work and so you know for me one of the first cases of that was using that extra school time to learn and uh you know i started uh just doing computer repair self-taught uh and my thinking with it was i i don't know everything but i'm pretty good i'm pretty good at figuring stuff out and Worst case, if I can't fix someone's computer, I just won't charge them for it. So, you know, I, I made flyers, uh, hung them up around town. I placed, uh, uh, you know, this was when I was like 13 years old. I, I was placing ads in the, like cl uh, classified and small display ads in the local newspaper. Uh, PC problem solvers was my first business. And how old were you at this time? 13. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You know, and a lot of people didn't even know that I was 13 until they realized it. And then I kind of, you know, I ended up becoming kind of a, I got a lot of uh, media attention. So, you know, I was like young and uh, especially doing something in the area where there's not a lot of uh, entrepreneurial type uh, things going on. So from there, um, basically uh, in middle school, transitioned into web design a lot more. And this was back, you know, like late nineties, early two thousands again. So it was, uh, 
something that if you could make a website that had uh, something that blinked or text that moved or anything like that, I mean, you could charge thousands of dollars. Yeah. And realizing that on the internet, you had access to customers everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I love, I I love that you just brought that up and sorry to interrupt you. Um, but like, we're talking about a time where you're still connecting to the internet by hoping nobody picks up the phone line, right? Like you're still, you're still hoping that like that dial tone and that screeching happens before you can can get on. So my, um, my parents eventually let me get my own phone line for the internet. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. this was a time where internet was like very first coming out and people didn't really understand it. And so you're at the front ends of just trying to figure out how to get people out into the space that is almost like completely misunderstood by so many different people. And you're what, 13? Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. My, so My parents had no idea you know, they, they didn't, at the time, they didn't use computers. They, they just knew that, you know, I liked it and uh, I did stuff on the computer. And then they did start getting kind of concerned though, out of just not understanding it because it was kind of like at one point, why are all these money orders showing up? (laughs) What is happening? What are you doing on the internet? Because they didn't understand that, you were connecting on the internet to other people and they're like, why would they not just hire someone near them? Like, why would they pay you to do, to do that? And I, I, that barrier was just removed though, you know, but it it was something that basically from 14 on, I made six figures. That's amazing. So what do you think it was? Like, there's so much in what you just said that I want to unpack, but I want to start with, like, what do you think it was that led you to not have the same limiting beliefs that your parents had? What do you think it was about you that said, I think the words that you said, which I loved so much was, I was really good about just figuring things out. Like, where do you think that came from for you? You know, I think, um, it's kind of it's kind of a tough question, but I think that uh, one of the one of the traits that I've always had is I've always been very uh, empathetic, and uh, I I knew that you know my my parents and uh, you know a lot of people in the town, uh, you know, and relatives and just other people that were in the town, they really were doing the best that they could to provide a good life with the knowledge and resources that they had. And I was really empathetic to the fact that I I just know like my parents wanted to do so much more than they actually could. And, you know, that was just the reality, you know, like they, uh, you know, they, uh, my, my dad would, you know, work, he had his normal job and, you know, then he would like build things, you know, on the weekends, you know, odd jobs, things like, I mean, they were always trying to provide a better life. Like I really empathized with that and I understood. And, you know, it was kind of uh, seeing that maybe there's a different way to go about it. Then the more I got on the internet, I realized that not only is there a different way to approach it, there's a way to take it to like a whole completely different level. 
Yeah, I love that. So I want to talk for just a minute about this small town thing, because I think so much amazing stuff comes from this. And mm-hmm. I love it when I'm in an interview with somebody and they mention a small town, because it's almost like a challenge to me. I'm sure mm-hmm. that you feel the same way coming from where you're from. Because I, I had an interview the other day with somebody and they're like, I came from a small town. There was like 60,000 people in it. And I was like, that ain't small. <laughs> like, So I grew up in a town of 1200 people. I graduated with 80 people in my class. Like, I know what a yep. small town feels like. And um, you mentioned something that I think is so powerful that I can relate to. And that was this idea that you were given this freedom because you could be trusted by these people who knew you. And I don't know if you're an only child or not, but my teachers had taught my parents, right? Like it's the same same thing. thing. So they kind of, it's good and bad, right? Because if your parents were really good, then you kind of get, you get trusted. If not, yeah. you have to prove you're not your parents, right? And I do but- <laughs> have a younger brother and he was kind of the rebel opposite. So <laughs> he threw them for a loop. I actually had some teachers that messaged me later on, you know, after I was out of school and they're just like, is this really your brother? (laughs) (laughs) This can't be yours. Um, But what I think that creates, so for me, like I can remember um, I'm, I'm the oldest and I'm in the super small town and we're talking mid to late eighties at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only like no cell phones, just leave a note on the counter, let people know where you're at. Um, come home at the time you say you're going to come home and we don't have any problems, right? I need to know where you are, who you're with and when you're going to be home. That was the way my life was lived. And I didn't realize until I got older, how much of a sense of self-responsibility that gave me to feeling like I was in control of what was going on in my life and had that responsibility and dedication. And if you didn't meet that requirement, if you weren't where you said you were going to be, or if you weren't home when you said you were going to be home, there was hell to pay. So um, I really think that's an important thing that sometimes kids today are missing out on. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, even looking at like the schools, you know, I, I really, the schools were small, you know, and didn't offer a lot of advanced classes and things just due to the size. But um, it, it, it was that situation where the teachers, most of them taught my parents and all of my relatives, and they actually know each other, you know, and the bus drivers know, you know, like all your relatives and everything. So it's kind of like, you know, if you uh, do something bad or something really good, it's like, they think nothing about, you know, like uh, calling your parents. It's just like a very open dialogue. Yes. And it's like the bus driver will call your parents or just like Or the bus driver might be your parents. You <laughs> might just pull over and say, I'm gonna run in and talk to your dad real quick. Everyone's stay. It's so uh, crazy that you out. say that. Um, because I decided I needed to have a rebel streak at like um 11th grade. It's like, I'm getting ready to graduate high school and I haven't done anything bad. So I'm like 17 and deciding I'm going to sneak out of my house. And I got caught because somebody saw me and called my parents and was like, Hey, like it's midnight. And I'm like, great, this is awesome. So, um, but I bring up the small town thing because I also think there's another side to that. And that is the supportiveness that goes along. And you just kind of touched on that, but here you are at 13 making flyers to send out. And in a bigger town, it may have been a little bit harder for you to gain traction than in a smaller town where people are like, hey, let's support this 13-year-old because we think it's Mm -hmm. cute that they're trying to do something. Little did they know you were going to continue to be dedicated enough to turn it into a six-figure business before you graduated from high school. Yeah. 
And a lot of the, the initial um, credibility and reputation really just came from uh, helping teachers with computer problems. You know, yeah. and like, I literally, there were times like I had this laminated hall pass, you know, and it was like, <laughs> I, I would literally get called on the intercom. It's like, can you go to uh, see, you know, Mrs. So-and-so? And then I would go in and she's like, my computer's acting up. Like, it's like the know. golden ticket that everybody wants in high school, right? Yeah. And so I was, I, I really lucked out with that. And one of the things with resourcefulness is as I got more out of computer repair transitioned more into web design. One of the things that, you know, really uh, helped me a lot was that I would finish my work early. I could, you know, go use the computers at school and I was trusted to, you know, to, to do that. And so I, I was able, especially in high school to, uh, you know, I had kind of a, uh, in each in middle school and high school, there was kind of like my favorite teacher in both. And, you know, they were really, really supportive. And so a lot of times, even when I would finish my work in one class, you know, I would, I just had my little workstation in that particular teacher's room, my favorite, and I would just be allowed to leave and go, <laughs> you know, do my work. And uh, everyone kind of knew it. And that was a bit, a really interesting thing because the business started really growing when I got into web design and web hosting, especially because web hosting is recurring income and, you know, subscription. And I, and I was, it was also early, you know, in that. And so I was, I was kind of, it's, it's weird because like, I would say when I was in elementary school, I was not very popular. You know, I was kind of the shy, quiet, uh, just didn't fit in kind of thing. And then whenever I got into middle school and then especially in high school, people were like, oh, you're making a lot of money. Like I was just suddenly <laughs> like, it was like 360, like, you know, just everybody wanted to be a friend then. And, oh, of uh, course. you know, but it was something that I just kind of stuck, stuck with it and uh, went, uh, just kept, kept going in web hosting, uh, finished high school early uh, when I was 17. The deal with my parents was that, uh, uh, interestingly, they would not let me get a driver's license <laughs> until I finished high school. Okay. So, you know, I rode the bus and, you know, stuff like that. And it was just kind of a, I, I think part of that was that they felt that they were losing me a little bit. And that was kind of a safety blanket, you know? I, I mean, I had like six figures in the bank, you know, at the time. And I'm like... Yeah, it is like I'm like I can buy a car. Like I want to buy, a, you know, I want to get my driver's. License. No, you got to finish high school. Whereas my <laughs> younger brother, it's like, here's a brand new truck on your 16th birthday. You know, yeah, that's and, amazing. Uh, you know, so basically, uh, what ended up happening is, you know, I finished finished high school. I had already built up a, a decent business of web hosting. Literally, on I had already like. Uh, signed the lease and arranged it uh, and everything for an apartment. And the day of graduation, I moved, uh, you know, right after the ceremony, uh, you know, moved to a, an apartment and uh, a few hours away, you know, in the northern part of the state uh, that was a little more modern, less rural. Um, 
I did have an aunt and uncle that lived up there that were always very supportive. And so I was 17, you know, moved into my first apartment um, by myself uh, and just kind of figured everything out there. Um, And I loved it. And one of the biggest things for me, and today people might think this is crazy, but it was a big deal then that, um, like you mentioned, you know, the uh, dial-up internet. So in my hometown where my parents lived, we didn't have any broadband internet, but in my new apartment, <laughs> I could get DSL. So, you know, it's so nice crazy because we were just talking about this on the last interview that I did um, because I didn't mention this in the beginning. So let me throw this in here now that we're doing this as part mm-hmm. of this Pod Max event where it's like multiple interviews, one right after another, which is really, really cool um, to be able to um, experience different interviews so, so quickly in different personalities. Um, but we were talking about the idea of perspectives and success being this idea of perspective. And the idea that DSL internet is like this amazing success for you, like to have this fast internet, which leads me actually into, and I want to hear more about your story, but I also, since we're on this topic, want to talk about where your business is at, which is in voice over IP stuff, because that I think was the next thing where people were like, wait a minute, I don't have to have a phone line. Mm -hmm to be able to, to talk to people, like, where did you fall into that? Cause I would imagine based upon your story that you were at the front end of that. Yeah. So, so what happened is, um, you know, I, I had my web hosting business, uh, ended up, um, merging that with another company in, uh, upstate New York, moved to upstate New York, uh, didn't really mesh well with the, owner of that company, but I was VP of business development at 19 and, uh, you know, it it was doing well, but he was more of a party animal type and just spent money like crazy. And I think we just didn't really care for each other that much. Uh, and then, uh, so I moved on to, uh, moved down to South Florida to Boca, um, in the early days of HostGator had met, uh, both of those people actually on a message board an industry message board we got to know each other so I went to HostGator um, and it was really high growth time like we were in this tiny little 1500 square foot office in a strip mall Um, you know and the the founder is three years older than me so he was 23 at the time and it just was starting to grow Um, and so I was in web hosting um, and I went down and I helped him. uh, I was kind of, uh, there were really two, two of us. uh, One other guy that uh, Lance, that's a good friend that we were kind of like the, you know, his right hands uh, for growing, you know, the company. Uh, We moved to Houston right after that and moved from that 1500 square foot tiny office space. that was overflowing to buying a 35,000 square foot building. Never will fill this, this is insane. You know, like, well, it was filled within a year. So, you know, we grew really fast. And what happened for the voice of IP is uh, at that time, really there was just Vonage. You know, Vonage was the first major player. And uh, the founder of HostGator, Brent, had said to me, um, you know, things things are great with HostGator. I'm not 
trying to say, I don't want you to be part of HostGator anymore, but will you please go start another company? And he, it took some convincing, but he was like, go start something. I will fund it. I just want, you know, like a stake in it. And I just want diversity because, you know, he's like, HostGator is doing extremely well. You know, I mean, we, we were hosting millions of websites at the time and, you know, it's, uh, but he had all of his eggs in one basket. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I want to, I want to take a minute to comment on that because this is something that I think is really, um, a learning curve for entrepreneurs. Like Mm -hmm. we think that we're going to have this business. It's like the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur, right? Um, the multiple streams of income that come from this entrepreneurial world and not putting all of your eggs in one basket is sometimes so hard for people to wrap their heads around because they think I have to do this one thing really well and then life's just going to work out. So it's really important. I think that you mentioned that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he eventually, uh, you know, convinced me to, to do something and voice of IP was new. And to me, it was, it was logical because, there were some, some overlap, you know, with, you know, the technical aspects, but the, the entry barrier was much higher at the time. I mean, we had 40,000 resellers selling our web hosting, you know, so you could buy, buy a reseller account for $30 a month and then subdivide that out to other clients. And, you know, so the barrier to entry was fairly low and building out a phone network and, learning everything that was involved with that you know we uh spent seven figures before we even sold anything wow that's something that the entry barrier was much higher we also knew that that was the direction things were going you know in terms of phone systems getting away from copper wiring and things like that so yeah that was voipo and uh, voipo actually still have Voipo. Voipo turned 14 this week. Wow. That's amazing. So um, for the people out there that are listening that are not tech savvy, um, because I'm only as tech savvy as I need to be, which is crazy because I actually, my first degree was in computer programming, but that was 15 years ago. And if you tried to put me in front of a computer programming, anything right now, I'd be like, what the hell is this? Um, but for those who don't understand what is voiceover IP and how is it useful for entrepreneurs and business owners? Sure. Essentially what, what we do, we have our uh, servers and all of our network equipment in one location, which happens to be in Dallas because it's kind of centralized for the country. And we tie into the phone network there with hundreds of different uh, phone companies and all of that. And so what happens is uh, someone can use an IP phone, which is just a phone that Instead of plugging into a phone jack, you know, it plugs into uh, your router or modem. Basically, it it uses the internet to connect, and it's programmed to connect to our system there. Or they can use a a really small adapter um, that's more uh, similar to, like, Vonage or Magic Jack, things like that, where they just plug that in, and then they plug their phone into it. And... Basically, when they make a call, um, it's routing to us in 
and our infrastructure in uh, Dallas. And then we route out to the phone network from there. Uh, so all the calls go over their existing internet connection. So it's, it's kind of just like streaming music. If the audio is just streaming. It's really the same thing done behind the scenes. And the biggest reason that it kind of exploded and is so, so much more cost efficient is that it's not tied to a specific location. And we're not like wiring uh, houses, you know, so we're not like running lines underground through houses and having to do all that. Basically, we're just using any internet connection that someone already has to connect through the internet. So we have huge cost savings in eliminating that last, last mile, as they call it, you know, which is like connecting all the houses. And uh, people can use, use, use those anywhere that there's an internet connection. Now, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I mean, a lot of offices switch to it because it also allows, uh, you know, we can be a lot more nimble and, you know, add uh, features and things more easily. And now with everything going on, they can uh, be able to deploy things remotely. You know, since it could be used anywhere that there's an internet connection, they're able to have employees that work from home, things like that, and use an app or phone to connect to the business system. That's amazing. So I want to switch this over to this idea of success really quickly and talk about for you through your journey of building these multiple seven figure businesses. How do you define success for yourself now? And how has that definition changed for you throughout your life? Okay. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, defining success is always, I think, in a way, a moving target. You know, I think there's not, uh, necessarily an endpoint because usually uh, anytime you try to define it uh, you achieve something at a certain point and then you just raise raise your goal or you know whatever whatever you're trying to do once you achieve it you know it changes and so for me like you know I've I've built the companies and you know that led into like angel investing and you know the consulting company I just kept adding more on what I found was that you know what I really at a certain point you know the financial part wasn't as rewarding you know because it was like it's not really at a certain threshold you know you're not going to really change your lifestyle much you know by adding you know a little bit more income and so what it kind of shifted to for me was really uh, the freedom to be able to go out and explore and explore different industries, uh, work with different people and do those things in a way where, uh, you know, that could be in the form of like angel investing, mentoring there, or with the consulting company, you know, I get to go into all these different industries and work with people um, that are doing some, really cool stuff you know whether whether it's uh a unique industry or just the way that they do it you know and really connect with them without having to build companies from the ground up so i i love being able to help people like that and to kind of draw on the experience that i've had uh you know ups downs good and bad and uh being able to just get that and so i think the the 
the the simple answer is just the you know how i define success right now is just the freedom to be able to explore and have the you know security and knowing that i can uh go out and explore things and uh really focus on actually helping people and not um being uh you know like in a strain for money or you know it's, and then you know there's also obviously i've got gotten into some like different uh you know philanthropic stuff I, you know i'm really big with i have a lot of friends that are uh in the military or veterans that have started businesses so you know i love working with uh with them to show them that when you get out of the military there's a big uh uh identity shift in a lot of cases because people don't necessarily know what they want to do and you know so showing them that there that there's a path you know in terms of uh starting a business is an option things like that or uh getting involved with uh you know certain things even with my hometown just to really show people that are maybe um you know maybe they are in an environment where they're not exposed to business and you know the ideas and opportunities and things like that to really you know give back by showing and mentoring people there that and showing them that they can do it and they do have opportunities and uh you know it's there there are ways to to do things you don't have to fit in the mold of you know one one path because i mean if i would have done what my family wanted me to do you know i would be a coal miner <laughs> you know and uh you know i mean my and some people it might mean their family wants them to go to college get a certain degree and that may or may not be what they want to do you know Yeah, I love that so much. And there's so many amazing things that you talked about in there. But the one that I want to pick out the most before we wrap up is the thing that you mentioned about money, because I feel like there are so many things that or so many times that people think that having a certain income, I know for me, this was one of my big hangups, having a certain income or getting to a certain point in your life is going to make all of your problems disappear. And it's when you kind of get there and you figure out that life still sucks when you have a six figure business or seven figure business that you realize that it's not the money. It's the way you're living your life and kind of adjust that. And to your point, I want to mention that there's a study out there that says that um, I think it's after like $70,000 a year, the amount of satisfaction that you get from increases in your pay actually um, is a lower curve. Like you lose success for the money that you get. I love that. And there's so much in your definition of success that I think highlights the big shift from a financial focus to an impact focus. And I think what's really important that I want to hone in on before we wrap up is that it's funny how when you start focusing on the impact, the money actually comes more than it would have when you were focusing on the money. Yeah. You know, and for me, like uh, whenever I started the started that and realized that there was a huge uh huge need for it you know and i started uh profit layer the consulting company um which uh also has a subsidiary that's a digital marketing agency and so i'm able to you know help businesses with strategy and then what they need implemented can go through it um 
that's something that, you know, I started it really because I was seeing uh, so much need and so many people were getting, you know, bad uh, advice from gurus and, you know, you have to do this. Uh, you have to run this type of Facebook ads. It's like, well, they sell a Facebook course. So of course they're going to say that. And like, there's so many ways that you can do things. So my philosophy is like layering everything, you know, and like looking at someone and their business, what they're selling on an individual basis, and then customizing it and layering together different things, whether it's different ad platforms, or maybe it's like ads and networking and podcasting and figuring out what works best for them, not only from like an ROI standpoint, but from a personality standpoint, because like you said, you know, and this is getting back to the money thing. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I can tell you that uh, from my experience, it sounds like, you know, your integrants with is just that you will always have some sort of problems and things coming up. They may be different problems. And in some cases, certain types of problems can be solved easier with money, but they're yes. just going to be replaced by new ones. And yes. sometimes even with, you know, like everything, you know, right now, the time we're um, recording this, you know, we have the uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic going on and, you know, I've had, which has obviously you know, had a huge uh, impact on the economy. And I actually had a conversation with someone uh, the other day where, um, you know, they had uh, lost their job, uh, you know, because of it. And one of the things that they said was, you know, it must be nice to not have to worry about that. And I, I, I kind of stopped for a minute and I said, you know what, actually, that stress is still there because now the decisions that I make will impact over 150 families. Yeah. You know, so there's, uh, you know, a, that's a good example of a different problem. It's like, you know, you go from worrying about like losing a job and losing your income to losing your income and also impacting, you know, all of your employees, vendors, customers, you know, and all that in the process. So yeah, there's so many layers to it. Yeah. And I can say that in the investment world, um, I literally know I could name three people off the top of my head that, that I know extremely well that have gotten huge exits when they've sold their companies. Um, one, you know, one in particular, a single wire transfer over $300 million on closing day. Um, wow. in his 30s and uh he was more miserable after that than he was before and i and i asked him once i said why are you so stressed out on everything now you know you just got 300 million dollars you know you're you have like no responsibility right now really and the answer was because i made 300 million that means i can make a billion and i'm oh. a billionaire yeah, like always going for that next thing. And for that's sure. what I was saying, like defining success. We've got to be careful because if we just look at a number or something like that, as soon as you achieve it, then it's going to seem insignificant to you. Yeah, 100%. You stop and celebrate, you know, like at each one of those milestones, but it's just human nature. 
Yeah. I love it so much. That's an amazing way to kind of start to wrap this up. I think that that's such a powerful lesson for business owners, entrepreneurs, and even people that are in a nine to five to realize is be careful about how you define success because it could just keep you going down this rabbit hole of wanting more. I love that. So what I'd really like to do is throw a couple random round questions at you that, um, you haven't had the opportunity to see yet. And so I appreciate you being a good sport and kind of just lighten the mood and let people get to know you a little bit. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So if you could do anything, if skills wasn't an issue and you could have any job, what would it be? You know, I, I really love what I do. Like, you know, I think, uh, you know, working on business strategy, you know, it's something that that's what I do now, but, uh, I guess maybe uh, working on it on a larger scale in terms of reaching more people. It's always amazing when I hear people say I'm doing my dream job. And I'm so sorry for all of you guys that are listening. My dog is apparently trying to warn me that somebody's doing CrossFit outside my front door. So like in, in my condo and she is not okay with that. So thanks for putting up with her. She wants to be a part of this. Um, so if you could time travel, where would you go and why? That's a tough one. I, I think that I would, I think that it would definitely go back in time because I think that, you know, there are a lot of like iconic moments and things where there were huge lessons. Um, as far as where, um, I would, I would say, you know, I would like to, to go back to, Silicon Valley in the early days, but at the the age and stage that I'm at now, because just seeing all of that, you know, before Google, before Facebook, and just seeing how everything exploded, not because not even because of the opportunity or financial or anything, but just like seeing how that whole industry really just exploded and how much it's changed the world. I love it. Well, before we wrap up, um, there's two more questions I want to ask you. Um, I love your background. I see all of your books and I can tell you're like a huge reader. So if you could recommend one book to somebody that you think would be important to them, what would it be? One of, one of my favorites right now that I think has lessons for everyone is uh, the uh, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. Uh, Nathan I love it. Uh, it's a it's a really good book for all levels. Uh, talks a lot about one of my favorite things being resourceful and uh, Nathan uh, uh, Nathan Latka L A T K A uh, capitalistbook.com. I love it. Um, and last but definitely not least, if somebody wants to connect with you or find out more about what you do, where's the best place for them to track you down? Yeah, sure. They can uh, find me. Um, Timothy Dick uh, on pretty much any social platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera, or timothydick.com. And uh, for, uh, you know, business, uh, there's Voipo, V-O-I-P-O.com, or the consulting marketing agency, ProfitLayer, ProfitLayer.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I think that it's been really valuable. So thank you so much. Absolutely. It was great. I appreciate you having me. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.